Geneticists from the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the University of Florida used DNA from lice to show two distinct migratory patterns human took to North America, according to a paper published this week in the journal PLOS One. Further research could shed light on ancient ties between humans and Neanderthals. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. CMS Administrator Chiquita Brooks-Lashur warned this week her agency's operations will be threatened if Congress fails to pass a budget with more funding. Politico confirmed that the agency already implemented a partial hiring freeze earlier this year as a result of flat appropriations. The latest continuing resolution is slated to expire a week from today. Cosmetic manufacturers have until July 1st to register their facilities and products with the FDA, the agency said this week. The deadline had been later this year, but the industry flagged it would need additional time to gather all the relevant information required by the FDA. And 17 months after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, it's increasingly clear that a majority of Americans, including plenty of Republicans, will vote to preserve or restore abortion protections. A Politico analysis found that cross-partisan support for abortion is so strong that only a handful of states, such as Wyoming or Alabama, may be uniformly conservative enough to vote against abortion if given the opportunity. Megan Messerly is here to break down some of her reporting. Hey, Megan, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Okay, so first things first, what are some of the high-level takeaways from Tuesday's election? Right. So obviously the big contest folks were watching was Ohio's issue one. That was the ballot measure uh, enshrining the right to abortion in the state constitution. It passed with resounding support, essentially the same margin by which similar measure passed last year in Michigan. You know, folks were hoping to just even eke out a win, but it was a pretty wide margin by which that measure won. So obviously that was, you know, a victory for abortion rights groups who really have seen this strategy of going directly directly to the people as a way to restore abortion access since Roe v. Wade was overturned last year. And so this decision, you know, the amendment actually takes effect in 30 days, but it effectively repeals the state's six-week abortion ban. There's a case right now pending before the Ohio Supreme Court over the constitutionality of that law. The court is majority Republican, but with this new language in the state constitution, I mean, it's, it's almost certain that they're going to have to strike down that law. So that was the big sort of focal point. But then there are also a lot of these other races and, you know, 2023 off year, maybe not the most attention typically paid to these races, but there were a lot of really interesting stakes for abortion access because we saw abortion play a really important role in so many of these races. So for instance, Virginia's legislative elections, there was this battle for control over the state legislature, which had split control between Republicans and Democrats. Governor Glenn Youngkin, a Republican, really campaigned on abortion, you know, for these folks in the state legislature and said, if we get this passed, we're going to pass these 15-week restrictions on abortion. And he sort of responded to this call from anti-abortion groups after the 2020 cycle, you know, saying that the reason why they had done so poorly, both with ballot measures and, you know, in, in many of these key races was because candidates weren't being bold enough on abortion and actually proactively talking about abortion. So that's exactly what Governor Youngkin did. He was out there talking about it. His PAC ran 
ads on it, and we saw Republicans lose control of the legislature. So Democrats got control of both houses. That effectively means no 15-week restrictions will be able to be passed in Virginia. So that was another really key one. But then I think it's really interesting that there were some other, even you know, less noticed races where there was no even immediate consequence for abortion access. I'm thinking the New Jersey legislative races and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, where the outcome of that race would not change the partisan makeup of the court. So those are races that regardless of the outcome, you know, abortion is going to stay accessible in both states. And yet we saw the liberal candidate win in Pennsylvania in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court race. And we saw Democrats actually expand their majority in the New Jersey legislature. So however you slice the ballot measure, pro-abortion rights side won, and then pro-abortion rights candidates won as well. You know, I also noticed your story included a really interesting analysis that found that support for abortion rights cut across party lines. Can you say more about that? Yeah, so our colleague Jessica Piper and some other folks on our data team ran some numbers comparing the county level margins for the pro-abortion rights side and ballot measures in five states and compared them to Joe Biden's 2020 margins. So that includes both ballot measures like Ohio, where it was actually, you know, proactively voting to enshrine the right to abortion in the Constitution, but also measures that sought to say, you know, there's no right to abortion in the Constitution, but just looking at the pro-abortion rights side on both of those. And so they ran the numbers and they actually found that the pro-abortion rights side consistently outperformed Biden with the widest gaps actually in the most Republican areas. And so those data suggest that support for abortion is essentially so strong across party lines that only a handful of states like, you know, Wyoming or Alabama might be conservative enough to vote down a pro-abortion rights ballot measure if given the chance. One of the things, though, it's worth mentioning, and folks on the abortion rights side frequently talk about this, not all states are going to have the chance to vote on this directly like they did in Ohio, like they did in Michigan. And that's because not all states have a citizen-led ballot initiative process, which means they can proactively just put things on the ballot. There's only 26 states that have that. In other states, you know, the legislature has to refer things to the ballot. And with no majority Republican control and a lot of those folks being on the anti-abortion side, obviously unlikely we're going to see a proposal like that in Ohio or Michigan on the ballot. So strong support across the country, but not necessarily every state is going to be able to vote directly on the issue. After all this, what's the reaction been from the anti-abortion groups? There was a lot of soul searching, you know, what I mentioned earlier with the outcomes of the ballot measures and many of these key races. And sort of one of the big takeaways was candidates talking more vocally on this issue. And so Virginia, that did not work out. We saw New Jersey Republicans took the opposite approach. So they were just like, we're not talking about this at all. But Democrats in that state did run on the issue and picked up extra seats in their legislature. So that tactic didn't work either. So there's been a lot of soul searching, I think, among the anti-abortion groups about where do we go from here? Well, and that was going to be my next question to you. What does this all mean for 2024? So for Democrats, I mean, this offers a playbook going into 2024 for the White House, for Congress, for state-level races, governor's races, state legislature. I mean, Democrats have seen how this is able to boost turnout and also how the issue can cut across party lines. And so they see this as, as a real winning issue. For Republicans, the question is, you know, how do they approach this in 2024? I mean, yesterday we saw calls from Mitt Romney saying, you know, this is not a winning issue for Republicans. You know, we need to move on to the economy and other bread and butter issues. Yet you see this very strong call still from, you know, anti-abortion groups saying, you know, Republican candidates cannot drop this issue. It's important. They're going to cede more ground. They ignore this in the campaign moving forward. So sort of tension there within the Republican Party. Well, thank you so much for breaking all of that down for us, Megan. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. 
And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.